0: a podcast one production Hey, I'm former Australian beach sprinter and fitness trainer Katie Williams. When I was competing, I would do anything I needed to do to be the best. But now that I'm retired, I'm trying to develop a more balanced relationship with my diet, exercise, and my body image. In each episode, I'll try a different diet or lifestyle challenge for two weeks to see if it helps me think, move or feel better. For the next two weeks, the challenge I'm taking on on is quitting coffee. coffee. So why do I want to quit coffee? Well, actually, (laughs) my soul is screaming at me. I don't really want to quit it, but my body really needs it. I've been drinking it for 11 years and I feel that my central nervous system needs to take a break. I feel like my mind probably needs to take a break from it. It's a massive stimulant and I drink it in excess. So I guess I want to quit coffee because it'll be probably the hardest challenge I've ever had to do from a diet perspective. My history with coffee is pretty intense. I started drinking coffee when I was 15 years old. I'm now 26, so I've had like 11 years of drinking coffee. I drink three to four cups of coffee a day. I make it at home or I buy it. So I'm also spending quite a bit of money on coffee as well. Coffee really affects me. You know, it affects my energy. It affects my mood. When I drink coffee, I feel energized. I feel focused. I feel productive. It makes me feel happy. It lifts my mood. But then I think negatively, it can affect me as well. It can make me feel jittery. It can make me feel a bit anxious because I drink a lot of it. And I definitely think it can affect my sleep. I'm not someone that could just take a nap. And I think that I don't allow myself to feel tired because I'm always putting you know, stimulants in it. The reason why I wanted to quit coffee and take on this challenge is because I wanted to break my habit. I don't think that drinking coffee is a bad habit, but I think drinking the amount of coffee that I'm drinking is a bad habit. Like I said, it can affect my physical health, it can affect my mental health, and I want to feel my normal energy without having caffeine in my system. Before starting this challenge, I want to speak to Rhys Carter. He's a naturopath, a nutritionist, and a herbalist. He loves coffee, but he also understands the benefits of quitting coffee. I want to get Reese into the studio to give me some guidance, to give me some tools and to give me some homework to lift my energy, to help me with these withdrawals that I'm expecting to feel and to also give me a further understanding of what caffeine does to the body, both positive and negative. Race Carter, nutritionist, naturopath, herbalist, author, how did you get into nutrition and naturopathy?
1: Yeah, cool. So, I started as a naturopath and it was kind of just a light bulb moment where I realized like I'd been into fitness for so long. I'd been into nutrition. I'd been into kind of like natural remedies. And I was living in London, scratching my head, like, okay, Reese, you've taken a gap year that turned into five. You need to work out what <laughs> you're doing and realized, oh, I can study what I love. So, I enrolled uh, in a degree in naturopathy in Melbourne, moved into clinical practice. Uh, And then after a while, I kind of realised I wanted to add nutrition to my skill set as well, just so that I could kind of sit between that complementary healthcare space and the more kind of uh, mainstream nutrition space as well. And kind of, because I'm a total science nerd, so I want to be able to pluck the best from both.
0: Do you have a lot of people come to you asking questions about coffee or wanting to get off coffee?
1: Yeah, quite often the way it comes up with my clients is that they will come to me with a collection of. Uh, just symptoms of unwellness, I say. You know what I mean? It's not necessarily an outright disease. It's, oh, I'm tired. Uh, I don't have the energy I'd like. I can't sleep. Perhaps my gut health isn't what I would like it to be. I'm bloating and I don't know why. And usually these things all go hand in hand. And when I ask them at the end of their first session, if I can change one thing, what would it be? And they're like, it's either sleep or energy, always sleep or energy. Yes. And when they say that, I'm like, oh, what's your relationship with coffee like? Because that's going to be one of the first things we need to address. Yeah.
0: Drink too much coffee. Can't sleep at night. Keep drinking more coffee because you didn't sleep at night. Exactly. It's like you exactly.
1: And you kind of end up in this cycle where you're existing on what I call borrowed energy, right? Like it's energy you're getting from caffeine and you're not actually ever doing the restorative stuff you need, like getting proper deep sleep, making sure that your diet is right, looking at kind of the involvement of exercise and lifestyle on energy, You're just going, Oh my God, I'm living this frantic life. Oh my God, I'm tired. I need a kick. Grab more caffeine. Um, Amazing. So, quite often for me, the first, yeah, I mean, so can <laughs> I. I love coffee and I just know sometimes I need to kind of catch myself when I'm relying on it too heavily uh, and break that cycle.
0: It's so addictive. So, addictive. I am heavily, heavily addicted. How much coffee is too much coffee, in your opinion?
1: Okay, well, first of all, you are not alone in being addicted. Like, caffeine is the world's most widely used psychoactive drug, right? Psychoactive?
0: Psychoactive.
1: So it has effects wow. on the brain, right? We all know caffeine's a stimulant. Wow. Um, so every, a lot of people are doing it. A lot of people are using it. There's such a strong coffee culture in Australia. So you are not alone. I personally think, uh, and I certainly see with clients that, one a day is probably maybe two a day is probably a healthy amount how many are you having dare I ask
0: like four okay
1: <laughs> but that's a lot I'm not gonna lie that's a lot of coffee are we saying every day four coffees
0: I only had two today Like it's like 10 a.m yeah but like some a lot of the time I've had three before like 10 a.m
1: okay All right. Look, you're (laughs) not alone. You're not alone. The coffee pods. (laughs) The coffee pods. Coffee pods. Okay.
0: So I don't buy three coffees a week from a coffee store. Sorry, I don't buy three coffees a day from a coffee store, but I have three coffee pods a day. Or if I have two, I will buy another coffee. So like without fail, I have three.
1: And then sometimes a fourth as, sometimes a, as a, a little fourth treat. If I want, yeah. As a little treat. treat though. Okay, so the big question here is when are you having them? Because what I want to do is I want to talk a little bit about how caffeine accumulates in the body so you can understand okay, you're having four coffees at certain times. This is how much caffeine is like racing through your body throughout the entire day and what that actually does for your health. So tell me, give me a bit of an idea about when you are having these
0: coffees. I wake up in the morning and I have one, I have water. Then I have one coffee and then straight after I have another coffee and then I have my brekkie and then I might have another coffee.
1: Okay, so what time is the last coffee of the day? Probably like 10.30. 10.30. Okay, so by that <laughs> stage you've had four coffees maybe? Or Probably three. three. You've had your three by then. Let's say let's say you've had three shots of coffee. So caffeine, the amount of caffeine in your blood halves every five to six hours. So if we're at 10.30 and you've got three shots racing around your blood, by what six hours later? <laughs> by 4.30 p.m. you've still got to... Um, one and a half, you've still got one and a half shots in there, and then another six hours, 10.30 p.m., you've still got about three quarters of a shot. That's still a lot of caffeine when you're meant to be, like, winding down and getting (laughs) zen and going to bed. Yeah.
0: I'm shook. That's so heavy. You don't
1: realise how long it's lingering, No, it
0: lingers big time. So what are the effects of coffee on the body?
1: Okay, so it's really interesting because we don't necessarily know how caffeine has all of its effects, right? So there's still question around how caffeine works in the body, but there is one mechanism that's very, very, very clear. A lot of the time you'll hear people, especially in kind of health circles, talk about adrenals. It's nothing to do with that. So where it actually where caffeine actually works is in the parts of the brain that signal for arousal and wakefulness. So have you ever heard of something called adenosine?
0: I have so its a I've heard n- it in like a YouTube video. <laughs> yeah,
1: so it's a neurotransmitter like serotonin, like dopamine. But while those neurotransmitters, they kind of act on happiness and reward pathways, adenosine is involved in the brain in kind of signaling for sleepiness. So the way the neurotransmitter works, and I'm going to kind of whittle down my science nerd talk as much as I can, is basically a lock and key mechanism. So in the brain, you've got all this adenosine floating around, and it's a naturally- occurring molecule and it has a very specific shape and structure right so that's your key Uh, on all of the cells in this part of the brain they've got the receptor the adenosine receptor and that's like the lock so it's a little receptor that sits out there and it's the perfect shape for adenosine to go and sit in there and unlock it and then have its actions and what its actions are is the more adenosine you have in the brain activating these receptors the sleepier you get so adenosine builds up in the brain, activates all these receptors throughout the day, and by bedtime, you're ready for bed and you have a restful sleep until caffeine comes along. Oh. So this is, is <laughs> this, this is what it does, right? It's working in the brain as what we call uh, an adenosine antagonist. So imagine, okay, so if you're receptors are the lock. Imagine caffeine is like blue tack or chewing gum and you've shoved it in there and kind of jammed it clogged shut so you can no longer get the key
0: <gasps> in. I don't want to drink coffee anymore. Right, <laughs> that's what it does.
1: It blunts these receptors so they no longer recognise adenosine that's floating around. So you're continuing to get this adenosine build-up, but your brain doesn't know it, and so it never gets that sleepiness. It kind of keeps you alert and awake and sharp and active. And this is why caffeine is so good for concentration and, and, you know, wakefulness in the short term, but what's that doing over the long term?
0: Can you tell me what happens to the body when you have too much coffee in the system or caffeine in the system?
1: So there are a few answers there. Firstly, you know, uh, you are going to struggle to get to sleep because you've g- kind of blocked those adenosine receptors. That's number one. A lot of the time when clients come to me and we're talking about energy and we're talking about caffeine and I'll bring up sleep, they're like, no, 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 I sleep fine. I mean, a lot of the time they don't, but a lot of the time they're like, no, no, I sleep fine. That's not a problem. Just being asleep is actually not necessarily sleeping fine. Like I'm sure you understand. And if you've done a sleep challenge, you probably already had this conversation. There are multiple levels of Of sleep, sleep, right? And you need to get into stage three, stage four to have that really restorative sleep. If you've still got caffeine racing through your system, even if you're sleeping, you may not necessarily be reaching those really, really deep levels of sleep. So when you wake up in the morning, what's the first thing you're going to do? You haven't really had a restorative sleep. You're not really feeling, like, energised. You wake up still tired and you're like, I need a coffee. I need some of that borrowed energy right from the first thing in the morning. Straight away. Yeah. Secondly, caffeine is also a diuretic, Mm. which means it's going to make you pee a whole lot. And even if you're drinking enough water, you're just going to pee it out. Now, that has two effects. A, uh, you're going to become dehydrated. And I don't know about you, but the first place I see that is my skin. I look at photos of myself and I'm like, I look like, like... my face has just kind of had all the water sucked (laughs) out of it, like everything's sagging and tired-looking, and that's a sign to me, oh, okay, way too much caffeine, not enough water, need to rehydrate. So that's one. Uh, And that's what I tell people they'll often see when they reduce or eliminate coffee for a while, is clearer, brighter skin. Uh, And then I guess the, the other one is... Too much coffee, apart from uh, being a diuretic and dehydrating you, you're also going to lose a lot of your water soluble vitamins there. So, we're talking specifically here about B vitamins. Now, those are the ones that are involved in energy metabolism in the body. So, what you've, and natural energy metabolism. So, when you eat your food, your B vitamins help convert it to energy in the cells. All of a sudden, if you don't have enough B vitamins, that process is slowed. And again, what happens? You become more tired. So, what do you do? reach for more coffee, lose more of your B vitamins, reach for more coffee, not getting enough sleep. So caffeine really is borrowed energy and at some point you have to pay it back.
0: So Better For It is a challenge-based podcast and I bring experts into the studio to chat about a topic and then set me a challenge. Reese, what is my challenge?
1: All right, Katie, I don't know how you're going to take this, but I am going to ask you to come off coffee for two weeks. That is your challenge.
0: (laughs) Oh my God, like completely off. Completely.
1: We will give you some support for the first week to kind of help wean you off, but there will be no coffee, that's for sure. I'm so scared.
0: I am really addicted to coffee. I started drinking coffee when I was 16 or maybe even 15. I'm 26. So I've had probably 11 years of drinking coffee and I just loved it. Caffeine has helped me a lot with exercise. I used to have Red Bull and caffeine tablets before competing. And it really helped me with my performance. So my relationship with caffeine and coffee is like a, it's what I do every day. It's my focus, my productivity. And I've really, I think that I've abused the relationship with coffee. And I do think that I'm drinking too much, but I'm so scared to cut it out because I've never had a day off coffee for over 11 years.
1: 11 years.
0: Yep. I'm so
1: glad you identified the fact that you feel like you've abused your relationship with it. Because that's actually, that's kind of, the important takeaway here is coffee's not bad for you. Caffeine's not bad for you. I love caffeine. It's an antioxidant. It has been shown in studies to improve focus. It has been shown in studies to improve athletic performance. But when you realise that you can't not have it, (laughs) that that is when it then becomes a problem. And look, we've already talked about the benefits you're going to hopefully see here in terms of really clear skin, better energy, better sleep, et cetera, et cetera. But the biggest win that comes out of a challenge like this one, I feel, is realising that you are in control again. Oh, I'm like, no,
0: in control of this. Not
1: yet, but you will be in two weeks. You were, we're looking back and realising, yeah, I actually got over that. I thought that I couldn't, but I can. That's pretty powerful. So to that end, how do you feel about going cold turkey as of tomorrow?
0: I feel sick about it. (laughs) I'm being such a wuss. Like, I'm so nervous.
1: As you've pointed out, I'm a herbalist, so I've brought a little treat along today. I've got like a, you and I had a chat earlier in the week and I've got a little Katie specific mix of herbs that I'm going to give you and you're going to take them throughout the day that will just help kind of support baseline energy levels and hopefully get you to a place where the cravings aren't as intense. In saying that, you should probably expect, especially for the first few days, that there are some side effects.
0: Some raging headaches. So,
1: that is the big one. <laughs> it's the headaches.
0: Raging, raging headaches.
1: headaches. And I wish <sighs> I had some magic uh, answer to get rid of those, but I really don't. You're just yeah. going to have to focus on hydration. You and you to- <laughs> know what? You need a Panadol, have a Panadol.
0: What can I have as a substitute?
1: <laughs> so... I brought you a little I brought you a little one page sheet. And I don't want to make this too hard. So I brought you a kind of like a getting over coffee plan. And we've got the herbs in there. We've also got a couple of substitutes, right? Oh, yes. So, depending on if you're wanting a substitute for the taste of coffee or is this more about getting a bit of a zing? Like what do, what do you feel like you're going to need the most? I think the zing. Okay. So, if you need the, a bit of a zing, I'm going to say for the first week you can still have green tea. It okay, has cool. a fraction of the caffeine. Yes, uh, we're talking like ten to fifteen percent of what you would probably get at a cafe. Can I have coffee. a matcha
0: latte? No,
1: oh! <laughs> 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 only because matcha is so matcha is amazing. I love it, but it is so much more strong than like so much stronger Sheet, than your regular green tea. That so hurt. sorry, really- <laughs> I'm so sorry. I, I
0: had it in my head. I'm like. He's going to say green tea. We're going to be allowed to have some matcha. I don't even like matcha. To me, it tastes like dirt. I don't even like green tea.
1: Green tea was like... I was thinking I was being really generous. I'm like, yeah, she's going to love you. You're not I don't being drink too green hard. Tea. To... Okay, well...
0: But that's okay. I Can, can, I, drink, can I drink like a peppermint green tea? Yes. I just don't like the flavour. You can
1: have a peppermint green tea. You can add whatever flavours you want, add some lemon, throw in a bit of ginger, do whatever you want to make it delicious, but that will give you a natural little caffeine kick. You know what I mean? How many can I have? For the first (laughs) week, I'm not going to limit you.
0: Have as much as you want. I don't even like it. I probably have three.
1: Yeah. Well, there you go. And so you still won't even be coming close to having the one coffee you have in the morning. So if you're missing the flavour, have you ever had roasted dandelion root tea or roasted chicory root tea?
0: I've had dandelion tea. Just the one from Coles, though, probably not like a good... We can
1: find you a better one. Make nice. sure it's roasted because yeah. that gives it this a similar kind of like earthy
0: yes. flavour
1: to coffee. I would actually recommend for this that you do just add a little bit of milk. Do yeah. you? Because it, dandelion and chicory, they don't taste exactly like coffee. No. You know what I mean? It's kind of like, mm, this is as close as it's going to get. Does it
0: have any caffeine in it?
1: No caffeine. If your ritual is to have a coffee in the morning and you yeah. miss that flavour and it's just to... Have something to drink, they're your two options.
0: No decaf coffee. You can have
1: decaf if you want. Right. If okay, you cool. if you if you want to. I'm I'll gonna allow buy that everything to. on that list. Everything on, everything whatever on the you list you need yes. to get you through. The other thing I want to talk about, and you I mean you will already know about the huge benefits of exercise to energy and concentration and all that. A lot of what I do is lifestyle stuff as well, and lifestyle interventions with my clients. And when it comes to something like uh coffee. I know that you said your last one's at 10.30 and you're not having them in the afternoon. But do you ever get that energy slump around 3pm and you wish you were having a coffee or you wish you had something to pick you up?
0: Not lately. I used to. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but not lately.
1: Because when people come in and they say, oh, that... 2, 3 p.m. slump, I need something to pick me up, I'm reaching for a coffee, I'm having an afternoon snack, whatever it might be, my tip is go outside for 15 to 20 minutes. Okay, cool. So it's an airy-fairy concept that has been backed up by science. It's called Shinrin-yoku, oh. or I know how good does that sound? Shinrin-yoku! It's, uh, and it roughly translates to forest bathing. And basically <gasps> what it means is get out in nature, <laughs> a dose of sunshine, some fresh air and some greenery for 15, 20 minutes has been shown to reduce stress and improve concentration and you mentioned adrenals before. Adrenals mm. are the, you know, they're pumping out, they're those glands that pump out your adrenaline, your cortisol, your stress hormones. Uh, so people have done studies where they actually measure people's salivary cortisol before and after cool. spending 15, 20 minutes in nature and it drops just that time. Wow. But they've come back and they've also been more focused, uh, more kind of had more energy and been more productive as well. So I love
0: that. It kind of does. What I'm going to do it every day. Yeah, do it. Yeah. Do
1: it. That can be part of your homework, your daily shinrin-yoku. Yes.
0: I'm excited for this.
1: Are you? Have we? I was going to say you were dreading it before. Are you excited now?
0: I'm excited because I feel like I've got backup plans. I also like that if I'm really, really, really struggling, I can have a decaf so I can get the taste.
1: That's exactly it. Let's make it as easy for you as possible because, yeah. as I said, Let's call a spade a spade here. It's not always going to be fun. It's going to suck. There are going to be some headaches. But all we can do is make sure that we manage it as best we can and give you those alternatives for when you're craving it uh, so you can kind of – we make it as easy as possible.
0: Amazing. I just want to quickly touch on a few more withdrawals. We spoke about having a headache. Mm -hmm. Is there anything else that you've seen in your patients for withdrawing from coffee?
1: The other big one, headache is a big one. The other big one, uh, the other one that comes up a lot obviously is just fatigue. Like Mm. when you've been running on that energy for a while and all of a sudden you remove it, it is going to take time to kind of build up your own stores and and refuel the tank as it were. And so for those first, especially those first three to five days, you're going to expect to have headaches. You're going to expect to feel tired. But I reckon by about day three or four, you'll be having the best sleep of your life. Even if you didn't realize you weren't sleeping well, you'll be waking up feeling really rested. Uh, As I said, because you're you're not having that diuretic, that caffeine all the time anymore, all the B vitamins you're getting from your diet will be restocked and you'll be kind of firing on all cylinders. So yes, first few days, fatigue, low energy headaches. By about day five, hopefully you're starting to come out on the other
0: side. Can we talk about the impacts on the body that cutting coffee will have physically, mentally and socially? Socially, I mean, it's probably
1: great that you're doing it now because at this time we're all kind of in lockdown because you actually don't have the temptation to go out for a you know, coffee with your friends and sit around. So you're not going to find yourself in a situation where you're at the cafe, three of your friends are having coffee and you're not allowed to have it because we're not allowed in cafes at the moment in terms of physically i've kind of covered off the main ones i suppose i would really hope you would feel like you notice it in uh skin you'll be it'll be more hydrated you'll be glowing your eyes always shine i feel like if i take a bit of time off coffee uh you just kind of look more vital if that makes sense vibrant so that's and fresh. Vi- vibrant and vital exactly <laughs> sleep you'll be sleeping better and hopefully you know you come out with a lot more energy yeah
0: that's phenomenal mentally
1: mentally Well, I mean, I guess I have to throw that back to you. Like, how do you, How do? what's stress and anxiety like for you?
0: I get anxious sometimes, but I get anxious for things that should make me anxious, if you know what I'm saying. Right. So, I would say I, I would say my mental health is really good, but I definitely, particularly in isolation, I have felt times where I'm like, oh, I'm really anxious kind of for no reason. Yep. And I know that this will be something that does really help my mental health, hopefully once I get through the withdrawal phase.
1: 100%. So mentally that would be the biggest change I would expect you to see is that any feelings of anxiety are less intense um, mm. and much more manageable. Uh, mm. You know, I wouldn't go as far as to say caffeine causes anxiety by any stretch, but i it's pretty clear that it does worsen it in susceptible people.
0: Do you think that two weeks is long enough for this challenge?
1: I think two weeks is long enough for you to see a change. Absolutely. I think that by the end of... I think that day three, you'll be hating me.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to leave you voice Uh, messages. Yeah, I
1: know. I'm actually leaving here today and changing my number.
0: I would. Uh, (laughs) Day five,
1: you'll be starting to turn a corner. And by the end of week one, I think you'll actually really be seeing the positive effects and that will motivate you to get through (laughs) week two.
0: That's my. I'm smiling, but I'm still I'm so scared. (laughs) (laughs) Another fear is that I feel so emotionally connected to coffee and that it's a part of my ritual. So I think it's gonna be really interesting to see it's such a strong habit. It's not just what it does for me, it's that I wake up and I love the smell of it. I like making it, it's therapeutic, it reminds me of my mother, it reminds me of my pop. I just have a real strong emotional connection to it as well.
1: But all of those things you're describing, you can get that through decaf.
0: True. Exactly. Like okay, all cool. of those cool. all of
1: those things about about coffee being a ritual and kind of a habit and part of your day, they're totally valid things. There's totally valid concerns, but they've got nothing to do with caffeine. So we're stripping the caffeine essentially. So
0: Amazing. I would
1: love it if you could limit your decaf, your green tea, and all of those other substitutes to week one. Yes. Um during when you're really feeling the withdrawal. And then week two, let's actually see if you can go yeah. absolutely you know, start with a green juice instead, yes. focus on your hydration, have herbal teas, that kind of thing. Yep. Um, but, yeah, let's see if we can kind of wean you off it with okay. the decaf and the other kind of substitutes, in which case you're not missing out on that that daily yeah. ritual. Yeah,
0: exactly. That's so cool. I'm glad you said that. Yeah. That's really cool. So my homework for this challenge is epic. First up, I'm going to take some herbs that you have given me and prescribe to me just for me to support my immune system and my body throughout this process. So I'm going to take my herbs. I'm going to notice when I have energy slumps throughout the day and I'm going to go outside and do my shinrin yoku. Well said. Is that it? Yeah, you got it. Shinran yoku, which is getting out in nature, getting in the sun and trying to absorb some of that beautiful melatonin and be out in nature for 20 minutes. Then I'm allowed to have coffee substitutes with, very limited caffeine. So I'm allowed to have green tea. I'm allowed to have dandelion root tea or chicory tea. And I'm also allowed to have a decaf coffee throughout the first week. So they're my substitutes I'm allowed in the first week. And the second week, I'm going cold turkey with no substitutes for this challenge. And I'm removing coffee completely and caffeine, besides the green tea for the first week, completely for two weeks. And I'm going to keep an eye on my sleep as well. And obviously my energy levels. Oh, so you, you, there's, a little,
1: there's a little bit down the bottom uh, of the sheet that I gave you about nutrition. I would imagine, I mean, you know your basics of nutrition here. Um, the big the big kind of focus for uh, energy production specifically um, is obviously getting those B vitamins in and, and magnesium. It's your leafy green vegetables. It's your rainbow of vegetables, really. It's your whole grains. It's your legumes. It's your nuts, your seeds. That's where you get your B vitamins from that's kind of the dietary focus but when you remove the caffeine a lot of like if you're already eating a pretty good diet that stuff will fall into place anyway.
0: Rhys thank you so much you are a wealth of knowledge and Thanks, I'm so Katie. grateful that you've come in you given me this challenge and I'm gonna let you know how I go.
1: <laughs> good luck it's so good to have been on here I can't wait to see how you go.
0: Thank you so much. Thanks. I don't want to do this challenge All I'm going to say is wish me luck So I'm a few hours in And I don't feel good I'm tired And my brain is really foggy Today's been a crap day I feel shit Headaches behind the eyes, back of the neck Blocked up, constipated Can't focus Feel like my head is underwater Been napping I don't nap I feel angry, I'm not an angry person. I don't have any energy. I just feel really, really, really over, really over feeling like crap. Day three, I feel all right. The brain fog is clearing a little bit. I don't feel good, but I don't feel as bad as I did yesterday. I guess I've realized that this challenge is so much more mental than I expected. And over the last, I'd say, two days, I've really made an effort to change my mind around this challenge. I'm still withdrawing, I still don't feel good, but I'm telling myself that I feel good and I'm pushing through. Okay, so I haven't had any coffee for two weeks and the challenge is now over, thank God. (laughs) So am I better for it? The answer is no. (laughs) I'm not better for it. So day one, day one to day three was really tough. I was in a foul mood. I had headaches. I was angry. I was really short fused. I had zero energy. I really was in a bad mood. I wanted my coffee. It was a big part of my morning routine. I was missing out on it. I also had constipation for three days, which was just horrific. Basically, I wasn't myself and I was having a really crap time. Even for the first week, I felt like my head was underwater. I couldn't focus. I didn't feel productive. And I was actually napping. I couldn't believe it. For the first week, I wanted to have afternoon naps. Who the hell was I? I'm not a napper. I have so much energy. I'm so hyperactive. And I was actually wanting to nap. This was just crazy. So that was the first week. However, in the second week, my sleep was phenomenal. I was going to bed early, falling asleep quicker, and waking up feeling refreshed. There was a massive, massive, massive benefit with my sleep from cutting caffeine completely. I actually found myself falling into meditation so easily, which was so interesting because I thought for the first few days, you know, meditating for the first few days was because I was just really tired and my body was withdrawing and my body was fatigued and detoxing. So I thought maybe this falling into meditation was really just for for the first few days. But in fact, I found meditating throughout this whole challenge so easy, which is really mind-blowing because I'm someone who struggles to quiet my mind and someone who struggles to be still and be quiet. So there was two days where I actually meditated for one hour, which in the past I would have never have done. So that was a really cool benefit that I just didn't think would come up. So absolutely low coffee, low caffeine, so much easier to meditate. The second week, I definitely felt the benefits of not having coffee in my life. When I say benefits, I'm talking about my energy levels were stable. I had zero anxiety or nervous energy. I felt calmer. I definitely felt less myself, which sounds crazy, but I identify as someone as high energy. And in the second week, the withdrawals had disappeared. So I was living a life of someone who doesn't drink any coffee. And I just felt different. I felt calm. I suppose my energy levels were flatline. I guess I just felt meh. But what actually was cool was it got me to look into my energy levels. I actually got a blood test because I thought, you know what? I'm now experiencing what my body's natural energy levels are. And to be honest, I wasn't that excited about that. I wasn't that excited about what my natural energy is doing. So I got a blood test and it's really cool because if I hadn't have cut coffee from my life completely, I would never have experienced probably what my natural energy is doing within my body. So it's cool. You know, I'm looking at iron, I'm looking at B12, I'm looking at hormones and I may not have done that if it wasn't for cutting coffee. So there is a benefit there. I did have a few green teas. I didn't enjoy them that much, so I didn't stick to them, but I actually got a buzz out of having green tea, which is exactly what Reese said. He said that you'll probably get a little bit of a buzz considering when you've had zero caffeine, even a quick, you know, 20 or 30 milligram or 15 milligram of caffeine is better than nothing. So there was a few days where I had a green tea. When I was really craving coffee, I had decaf, but I didn't like it. I also want to talk about the fact that I almost broke the challenge on day six. I was so over it. I had a lot of work to do that day, a lot of filming. I needed to be sharp. I needed to be focused and I needed to have my normal energy. I called my mom and I said, mom, I'm quitting. And she goes, Katie, you are not a quitter. And I literally ummed and ahed over quitting for almost the full day. Like I thought, oh, you know what? It's okay. It's I made six days. And then I thought that is so weak. If I can't get through this challenge then this is embarrassing. So day six was really testing. I don't know why day six because the withdrawals had started to dissipate, but there were other things I was doing to improve my energy naturally. I got into the ocean to try and wake my body up. I'd have cold showers. I would slap my face in the morning. I was having some green smoothies and some green juices and trying to get in more, you know, vitamins and minerals. And I was definitely trying to get more nutrition into my diet. Plus meditating and also doing some Wim Hof breathing really helped with my natural energy. I'm not going to say it's the same as having a coffee because it's not, but it definitely helped with my energy. The fears I had for this challenge played out tenfold. I feared that I would crave it. I had cravings for the first week. Some of them were horrific. I... Definitely didn't go to the toilet like I normally do. That was a fear of mine. My other fear was that I would want to quit. And to be honest, day six, I almost quit. And let me tell you, I'm not a quitter. So this really pushed me. I felt grumpy. I felt emotional. All of the fears I had around my mood and my productivity happened. I wasn't as productive as I'd like to be. I wasn't on camera as much as I'd like to be for the vlog because I was struggling so much. So all the fears I had played out. But to be honest, it strengthened me and quitting coffee is not a big deal. I just really was being a drama queen. Two weeks was long enough for me to feel the withdrawals and the benefits from cutting coffee. Like I said, the withdrawals came in thick and they came in fast. But once the withdrawals wore off, I did actually feel the benefits of not having caffeine, which was sleep, being able to meditate, feeling calmer, and to be honest, just feeling more settled. But for me, those benefits are not enough for me to want to quit coffee forever. So will I continue this challenge long-term? I'm not going to continue cutting coffee, but I'm definitely going to cut back. I'll let you in a secret. This morning was the first day I had a coffee and I feel so damn good. And for me, that one coffee is now going to be my new normal. I'm not going to rely on coffee now when I'm tired. I'm not going to rely on coffee now when I'm bored. I'm not going to drink coffee for the sake of it. I'm going to use it in moderation. And I wasn't using it in moderation. So I am so glad that I did this challenge. I'm so glad that I did it cold turkey, although it is extremely hard to do cold turkey. I don't recommend anyone cutting coffee to do it the way I did. I don't believe that you need to go cold turkey. I believe that you should do a challenge like this under the watchful eye of a doctor or an expert. Don't make any drastic changes to your diet. If you are interested in cutting back your coffee intake or your caffeine intake, then start off with baby steps. Wean off it. Go to a naturopath, tell them what you're doing, and wean off the caffeine. Going cold turkey, going like 400 milligrams of caffeine to zero like I did, was very full on so if you are going to do this take it one day at a time and wean off it very slowly so the main question is did cutting coffee help me think move or feel better and the answer is no (laughs) i wasn't better for it throughout this challenge however my relationship with coffee has improved i definitely feel i am not as addicted and i'm now going to use coffee in a much more healthy way So that's it for my two weeks of cutting coffee. If you want to see the behind the scenes of this challenge, check out my Instagram at Katie Williams. My next challenge is gut health with Marika Day. Join me next time to see if I'm better for it. Better For It was presented by Katie Williams and produced in collaboration with Podcast One Australia. Producer, Lindsay Green. Audio producer, Darcy Thompson. And executive producer, Jennifer Goggin. For more episodes, head to podcast one Download the free Podcast One Australia app or search Better For It Podcast.